Welcome to the Be Real Podcast. I'm Diana Gasparoni. I'm a visionary psychotherapist, CEO, and founder of Be Well Psychotherapy and Be Her Programs. I am Ednisha Salisbury. I am a therapist, speaker, trainer, and co-creator of Black Woman Be Whole. Each week, we will talk about the journey of mental health wellness. We will talk about why your mental health is just as important as your physical health and the connection that being mentally well has on all areas of your life. We will be interviewing psychotherapists, doctors from both Eastern and Western disciplines, authors, change makers, thought leaders, and more. Our mission is to bring you information that is both thought provoking and encourages you to look closer at your mental and emotional well-being. We give you tips and insights to taking the next steps. If you have already gotten into the door, we'll get you to go a little deeper. Each week, we're going to have real conversations, helping you work through your mental wellness questions and reminding you that you are not alone. Mental wellness is our passion. We practice what we preach. It is our mission to touch as many souls as we can with this content and leading you to a place of mental clarity and well-being. So for the next hour, let's work together, lay back on the couch and get real. Hello, and here we are. Be real. Yep, here we are at a recording this week. Good morning, Anisha. Good morning, Diana. I am so excited to be here to be doing this from a hotel room while I'm on vacation. Yay! Yay! That is dedication to the cause. I love it. I'm really excited. We have Allie Beach with us today. Allie. Hi, everyone. Hi, friends. Hi. We're going to jump right in. And why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are? Hello, everyone. My name is Allie Beach. Um, I'm the director of youth programming at Broadway Dance Center in Manhattan. Um, I've been the director and worked at Broadway Dance Center for about 17 years now. I'm also a mom uh, of two kids, one who goes to public school in Manhattan. Um, and then my daughter is uh, almost two years old. So she, we live in Jersey. So she goes to a daycare in Jersey. So mostly just a mom, full-time boss lady. Oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you're just sitting around doing nothing pretty much all day. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. Got a whole nothing. lot of time on my hands. Yeah. <laughs> just woo, yeah. catching up on TV. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just like relaxing, just chilling all the time. Well, that is amazing. That's some staying power there. So at 17 years at Broadway dance, because we're going to be talking about online school from two perspectives with you today. I want to start with your professional side. You had to pivot your entire program to online, I'm imagining, in March. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> Big pivot turn. Small change. Yeah. <laughs> there was a few extra steps in your pivot than ours, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I can't even imagine what that was like. Yeah, so it was tell us a little bit about what, how that all took place. Sure. Um, now I feel really tech savvy, even though I'm not. Um, but we had, uh, w- you know, in March we had we had to continue on with our season. Um, we had to end it out. We couldn't just stop. Um, we're also a small business in the arts, so it was very important to us. One, just as a business, to keep going through this since everything was uncertain, but also since we're d- I'm dealing specifically with youth, um, to keep it going for them. Um, because again, in March was very uncertain for everyone, so we wanted to provide 
some level of consistency and normalcy, whatever that took shape. So we had to put all of our classes, which were over a hundred dance classes um, that we oh offer Monday through Sunday. Yeah. Between two different locations with about 35 faculty members. We put that right on Zoom. We figured that out really quick. And it was a wonderful, it was a great team effort with our faculty. Everyone was easygoing. Families were easygoing. Um, for the most part, obviously some, you know, again, it was a very uncertain time. So some, you know, didn't want to choose the or continue on with the virtual, but I would say the majority. And we were able to end our season in June. We had a Zoom sidle. So, oh, a Zoom sidle. I love that. Like this is their big thing, right? Like everybody gets together and has the, oh my goodness. Like every conversation we have, Anisha and I with somebody else, it's like, oh my goodness, this Right. We didn't think about that disappointment or that loss because it's just, it's so continual. And like, how old are these kids? What's the age range? Three to 18. Wow. Three. Three. I mean, yep. I would love to hear more about how things went with the three to five year old (laughs) when you went over to Zoom, but we'll know. Three year olds were tricky, but you know, I mean, the parents helped out and we made it through. So, okay. Um, And you had your Zoom sidle and then you had a summer program. Yes, that is still going on through September 4th. We have a summer program that um, it's done in two week increments where kids and it's kids from all over. We have kids from uh, internationally doing it. We have a lot of kids on the West Coast who are also doing it. And it's mostly for 10 to 18. Um, So we have that's an online program that we have that's been going on since mid-July. So let me ask you, it seems like you were able to expand and your program, right? Because it's on Zoom, you can offer it to people who are outside of the city. Were you doing that before? We were doing that. Yeah, we were doing that before anyway for our summer programming. Um, We do get a lot of international students in general, but not, you know, it really, it still opened it up though, regardless um, for those that don't have the means to travel normally in the summer anyway. So what we did get was a lot of students who may not ever have the opportunity to come to Broadway Dance Center. And they were taking it and they were so excited and wow. to be able to experience those teachers and do that. So it was a different energy, you know, with mm-hmm. that, which was nice. And I think um, we should pause for one second and give a little shout out to Broadway Dance for people who, li- for listeners who may not be dancers, because it is dawning on me, like I am, I am not a dancer. Let's be clear. <laughs> no way, shape or form am I a dancer. But when I first moved to New York, my first friend in New York was a dancer, is a dancer. Broadway dance is like, that's it. That's where you go to dance. If you want to dance on Broadway, am I not, am I mistaken? No, no, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. You take dance. Go. uh, Yeah. (laughs) I have a funny little story. My bachelorette party was at Broadway dance. We had a dance class for my bachelorette party and it was so much fun. So I was like, wow, I didn't know that they did that. But my sister kind of pulled it all together and it was about 20 girls and we just had the time of our lives. We thought we were super sexy for that night. I remember that. We did our best. We did our best. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So this is where professional dancers get all of it, all the training, all of that. So this is a big deal that we have put this online and like this is where we... This is huge. Okay. So I want to make sure that we're prefacing just how important this is to the dance community that you were able to pivot online and that from ages three, three, I'm shaking my head still to 18, (laughs) that those students were still able to have this opportunity, even if it was not 
ideal because I mean, dancing is very, okay. My dance, my dance history is I watched fame growing up. So let's, let's be clear about, <laughs> let's be clear about where I'm, where I'm coming from with all of this. Um, and that you like being in the room and like really being able to watch technique and all of that. So how do you, how do you feel about the transition for the dancers and for the instructors? Like, how was that for you and helping you had to like navigate that whole thing? It was mixed feelings um, for everyone, you know, of course, you know, there were some, the teachers were great across the board. Obviously it was, it was awkward because they're used to getting that energy from the kids and being there. So it definitely was hard to try to teach a class plus give corrections and instruction on a screen because you're stepping back to teach the class. You have to come to the screen to give corrections. So it was a lot of adjusting. And then for the kids, you know, again, everyone was in good spirits for the most part. But, you know, I mean, it's you're, it's not that same energy. They're not in a class with their peers. Some really enjoyed it. And some realized that virtual learning is very challenging for them. They stuck it through, but it was definitely a mixed emotion. I know for my son, virtual learning dance-wise and stuff would be tricky too, because you like that camaraderie with everyone. But I mean, overall, it was a very supportive um, environment. Obviously, we had to adjust things. You know, you know, some kids had space and they had um, ballet bars in their, you know, the portable ones in their homes, or they kind of had their own little setup anyway. And some kids had like a small little nook in their room or in their, you know, living room that they danced. So we adjusted accordingly and took all that into consideration. Or, you know, obviously you can't tap, tap dance if you're, you know, in an apartment building with people below you. You're not going to make friends with your neighbors. You know, <laughs> no. Adjust- where we're, we're made to. So now we're coming to the end of the summer and then we're going to, we have September. Yes. So yeah. what's happening? Cause there has to be some conversation about, cause New York is getting a little bit more open. We're a little bit like, maybe we could be seen together maybe yeah. with a mask yeah. on dancing. Yep. Yes. Maybe. I know maybe. We're kind of, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Oh. Yeah, we're, um, we're moving forward with uh, both options um, as in terms of and I'm speaking specifically with youth, because obviously we have a our adult professional, you know, classes too, and, and recreational adult classes too. But speaking specifically with youth, um, we are we're putting in our plan into the city and we're moving for, forward with in person classes, but we will also have a virtual component. So a student can opt to do come in person or they can opt to do virtual only. Um, and it's we, we're going to have cameras set up in all of the studios to do Zoom from those. So the teachers will be giving attention to those in the class, plus the students on Zoom. And we'll, you know, they'll be navigating kind of that. So the students will be able to see their peers in the class too. But in person, we'll be following all. Mass will be required um, there's obviously following all state and city protocols as far as we won't have, you know, we already have a few things set up where temperature checks, no shoes in the space, uh, specific bathrooms, obviously socially distanced classrooms where there's, you know, they're standing in their space. Everyone, staff, students and faculty will be wearing masks. So kind of all of that stuff. So we're going to we're going to move forward with that and, and go with it and see what happens. Um, you know, I mean, I, I know that we're moving forward safely with it, but hopefully the city will remain open where we can continue to do so um, unless we, you know, mandated to go back virtually. What feedback are you getting from parents? Because I know that in New York, some some kids are going back to school, some kids are not. 
So what, what feedback are you getting from the parents about your decision to do the hybrid? The majority are actually wanting in person. Um, I think they're dying for their kids to have an activity. I think the dance stuff is different from school because it's not, you know, six or eight hours a day. They're coming in for maybe one class, maybe a few. Some of the older kids are taking more, but again, they're able to self-regulate. So a lot of the parents are wanting an in-person activity for their kids. And, you know, I think that those that are are signed up, you know, have confidence in us to to make sure that we provide the safest environment possible for everyone. We wouldn't be doing it if we weren't. I would say overwhelmingly, more so than I thought, more people wanting to come in person and, and get that, you know, and then we have some that are also just doing the virtual for their own reasons as well. And what about the teachers? What kind of, I mean, because this is, it's, it's almost like two different conversations, right? Parents may want their kids to go in, right, and be there for the benefits, obviously, of like being in the classroom, being around your peers, moving, being able to have like fully move, right? Like kids who live in apartments in New York City might not be able to fully move in there. And so I see that benefit. But what what are the teachers saying? I mean, all the all the faculty that we have that are teaching for the season do want to come back as well. Um, I think the arts are feeling a little bit differently. Not that no one wants to to come back and do anything unsafe. So I think everyone feels confident in the protocol set forth. But in the arts, you know, the arts have been hit really hard. You know, yeah. all dance communities, Broadway, everything. It's been hit really hard. And so I think, you know, everyone in the community is is trying to find safe, realistic ways to kind of slowly come back and get some footing again. Uh, faculty right now seem seem good to go as far as coming back. Oh, that's amazing. And I, I want to put a pin in the community because I think it, when we get after we go through school, I do want to talk about Broadway itself because that is yeah. a community that has been well, we don't have to put a pin in it. We can talk about it right now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I'm waiting. It's a community that has been hit in a way that is devastating. I mean, all of the income, life of dedication to an art form. I mean, I know for myself, I'm a huge fan of musical theater. So I like the things we're not going to like all of it. So what, Mm -hmm. what are you hearing from the community on the build back? (laughs) Yeah, it's, I mean, everyone's everyone's ready to come back in some sense. I know some people, um, some friends who are choreographers um, ha- are able, have been putting together work in small theaters, I think like outdoor theaters, mostly not in Manhattan, but surrounding areas. I mean, the need is there to come back. And again, for us, our faculty, unlike, uh, you know, school teachers, they're also not in the building six or eight hours a day. They're coming in to teach their, you know, one, two, three, you know, handful of classes, and then they're leaving. So they're also not in the space the whole day. But I think everyone's ready to, you know, and I know for our teachers, too, because if they're just teaching a few classes for us, you know, that's obviously not a full income that they're getting, you know, that's not a salary, it's, you know, whatever, but they want to come back. So I think they you know, the art for, for us, you know, it's life, you know, this is the art form is life. And so it's, I think it's more about um, the connection with everyone. And, and it's been hard to be, I know, for faculty and for artists to do all of this on Zoom, because you miss that human connection. So I think, you know, as long as we feel confident doing this safely, then we'll, you know, moving forward with us. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Broadway. Hopefully that there's some, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, everything goes really well with schools reopening in New York City. And we just keep keep at a steady pace. And then we can, you know, hopefully in the next six months or however long, see um, 
something coming back. But yeah. And I think too, for dance and the parents that uh, want their kids to come in person, um, you know, yes, there is that socialization aspect, but again, because of everything, you're not going to get up as much as you did before, but moving your body, being uh, connected yeah. to art, you know, that's, you know, that's, um, that's connected to your mental, emotional health and well-being. You know, it's, you can't, you know, sitting at home. I mean, I've even felt it just as a, an adult and as a mom sitting here and doing Zooms and panels and meetings, everything kind of on this one device. And you're missing that, just the, just the connection with everyone. I mean, I, I think it's super important for kids to, to, to have that and to know that. Yes. I know that getting up and moving is so important and we are missing that component because we are in front of these, I mean, the technology, yes, is great and is keeping us connected, but at the same time, we're also like sitting still and we're not moving. And one of my clinical supervisors actually said to me about the work and working at home and being induced with the feelings and all of it is he said, if you can't go for a walk, get up and dance. And I was like, (laughs) okie (laughs) dokie. I mean, it is not pretty. But there is a little dance party at least once or twice a week in between to just like you have to be able to shake it off. And it is for my mental health and well-being because you don't want because we're missing we're we're missing the oxytocin. We're missing the actual chemical that is go that goes on when you are with another person and in the room. And just I mean, from somebody who watches dance and gets that feeling of like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And imagining what the physical feeling is for the dancers and just like being in that and in your body and have a life of an entire life of movement. Like to mm-hmm. take that away is just, it's terrible. It's terrible for your mental health. Also thinking as you were talking is that maybe we should partner Broadway with the NBA and you guys need a bubble. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think we need a bubble. Yep. We can, I mean, I would love, I Basketball has been on in my house every night this week. So why can't we have a Broadway show with a fake audience? Not a fake audience, with a technical, with, you know what I mean? With, yeah, yeah. buy seats. Yeah. Disney's big. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think too, just going back to that point on, on moving your body, I think even the families that are choosing having their kids doing virtual classes, obviously I have a lot of friends who are adults taking virtual classes yeah. too. I think getting uh, movement and hearing music and just stretching your body and, and moving it and getting up out of the thing, regardless of whether it's in person or virtual is like, it's just so important. Like, you know, and I think this pandemic has made me and everyone probably realize what what art and dance and entertainment and all of that stuff does and contributes to our life and our livelihood. You know, without it, it's pretty, pretty grim because we don't, you know, I mean, without the Broadway shows and without concerts and the, you know, dance activities and all that stuff, you know, it's, you realize how important that stuff is in your life. Yeah, I, I think for me, I'm thinking about as um, a therapist, I feel burnt out just sitting in front of the screen all day and I'm an adult, right? And I can kind of regulate those emotions in a way that kids can't. And I take a walk like every morning and in the evening, but I'm thinking about these kids who are on Zoom during their classes, how burnt out they must feel. And so for you to offer this hybrid model for them to be able to go in and take the class. I know the parents are going to just be so happy and I, I think really see a difference in the kids and how they are, you know, kind of navigating this because I, I can't imagine what it's like. Cause you know, for some time in New York, they closed our playgrounds, right? So then the kids couldn't even go to a playground and kind of get out and move the same way that we feel stressed. I think that they feel very overwhelmed by all of this as well. So I am glad that you are offering that so they can have that chance to kind of get out, be around other people, you know, even if it's with a mask, it's something you appreciate it. Even like when 
when I see my friends now, even though it's a mask there, I'm just happy to see them. It's right. just a great feeling to be around people, you know, again. So I am just so happy that you guys decided to offer this because I think that, yes, the parents know how much is going to help the kids. Yeah, I think so, too. I think just if, if they're doing virtual schooling and we kind of made it where we, I know we have some kids who because we have classes that go on all week and on the weekends, you know, they're doing their weekday classes virtually and then they'll come on the weekends for a couple classes, too. So some are even doing a mix that way, too, just to give some, you know, whatever their comfortability level is with that sort of stuff. But yeah, looking, you know, it, I think it's important for the kids to to have something in some capacity. Is there any fear of a second wave? Do you guys talk about that at all? Um, I mean, yeah, we, we talk about it. Uh, you know, I mean, we're, we're prepared now with, with since we had to, you know, March and that just really just, we, it was, you know, a lot to handle. We're prepared. If we have to go fully virtual, we're ready to do that. We wouldn't have to change a thing. Just send everybody home and we're good to go and we'll just keep doing it virtually. Yeah, I do. I guess my question is, and I don't know, because I'm not a medical, I have no, you know, none of that. But like, I do wonder though, because people talk about the flu season and everything, like I'm hoping, fingers crossed, maybe our mask wearing will maybe, you know, eliminate some of that extra stuff too, because as a society, we don't wear masks regularly. So I'm, I don't know, I'm hoping that maybe that'll It'll be hopeful. A, I think it's going to become a fashion statement. The mask thing, yeah. <laughs> the mask, the mask and the hair twist, the mask and the scarf together. <laughs> I don't. I you know during flu season, I don't. I, it's kind of feels to me like it could be a move in that direction. I don't, I don't yeah. see anything wrong with it. And yeah, I don't. you are an after school program, right? It's every day after school. After school and on the weekends. Usually on the weekends, we have a lot of families that commute to us from out of state. Typically, you know, obviously now during COVID, we don't know, but we have kids that come from like Rhode Island and Connecticut and Philly, you know, just kind of the whole surrounding areas. Has enrollment started for fall? Yes, we started it back in June, Um, certainly lower than before and seeing lower numbers with the obviously the three to four and the five to six, because that's understandably more challenging to kind of navigate for a parent than if you have an older dancer who's a little bit more self-sufficient. Enrollment's decent, lower than in the past, but we, you know, definitely have enough to have a good whole program and move forward um, with everything. And honestly, you know, it's I'm glad it's not for the in-person super overwhelming with enrollment because then it allows us to really, you know, make sure that everything that we're doing is done the safest possible way. So we feel feel good with the numbers because we have a limited capacity anyway. Right. The in-person is definitely capped, I'm sure. Would you add more classes for in-person or you don't, or we don't have that capacity? I don't know. I'm thinking like, would you have uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, if we um, if we had to get rid of some of the baby classes that we already have on the schedule, baby kind of meaning six and younger, um, where enrollment's low. I know they don't like to be called babies, but babies to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we, we could certainly add some, but we have, we have quite a few classes on our schedule. So we'll go with what we have. And then if there's a need for something else, then we'll do that. Um, but also looking at... Um, daytime options too that's more of a pod situation for those that are doing remote learning yeah that's the pod thing is like a thing now I mean all these new things math (laughs) Um, but something is yeah that's it's it's not we're not providing the education but uh one that we would provide the space for kids to bring their um 
devices for remote learning, but we would also add, it's more camp-like, we'd also add um, a movement, yoga, mindfulness element to it um, for the daytime. So it'd be set up how we kind of set up our a lot of our camps. Is it better to have students that you've had before because you kind of know their skill set? Because I'm gathering giving that individual attention has been a lot harder for the instructors. How are the instructors doing with that and the kids? Um, well, I mean, I, we haven't started our new season yet. So back in March, it was kids that they've had since September. Um, so that was fine. It, it's going to be a little logistical, you know, trickiness happening with some of the stuff, but I don't, again, given kind of the enrollment numbers um, and just how amazing our faculty are, like, honestly, like the teachers are incredible as far as just like figuring it out on the fly and, and being able to give quality instruction. And that's one of the things that I noticed about and appreciated about all of our teachers is that um, even in March and then forward with everything, they, uh, the quality and the expertise that they and the care that they gave their students wasn't lacking, even though they were on the screen. So I'm not concerned about that. We do have new students joining us this year, but I'm not concerned about, you know, the ability to give attention. We are for classes that do have a, a you know, decent number of both enrollment and virtual. Uh, we'll bring an assistant in so that there's um, extra hands there to be able to navigate some of the logistics. But I'm not super concerned with the with that because just seeing what we did, you know, the turn on a dime and the way that the faculty responded, I feel I feel good. So as far as your children, are your children dancers and how are they doing with it? I know I mean well your your younger child is too. So but I don't know, maybe she's a dancer. Yeah, I she listen, she <laughs> she may be she may be the one. She's kind of the boss. Um, my son, he, he did, um, he danced for like three years. He'll dance. Um, he's uh, turning nine. Uh, so he's in fourth going into fourth grade. Um, he danced, but he did soccer and swimming. So we have to figure out activities for him. I probably will put him in one of my dance classes just so he has that, um, you know, contact sports is hard. And I know that some of those programs are starting up too. And I just think just for us logistically and, you know, scheduling wise, it might just be easier him to you know do something at the studio but he may not want to so we'll see I haven't even told him that yet Uh, (laughs) but he's got to do something too so I have to figure out something for him to do you know that's where he's moving his body to but um yeah my daughter I'll probably find some little online things for her to do we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk about you as from the parent side a little bit more wonderful As you know, I am a huge supporter of therapy, and if there was ever a time to prioritize your mental well-being, it's now. As the founder of Be Well Psychotherapy, I am proud to announce my team is leading the way in online therapy. Be Well is based in New York City, and we were one of the first practices to pivot to online therapy with the outbreak of COVID-19. With over 15 licensed therapists, Be Well offers a variety of methodologies and approaches so you can select a therapist that is a good fit for you. We help individuals of all ages, including kids, teens, couples, and wait for it, we even have online group therapy. There is no need to struggle alone with feelings of depression, anxiety, isolation, grief, or loss. To learn more, visit BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text BeWell, that's one word, to 484848 to get connected with a therapist today. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text BeWell, one word, B-E-W-E-L-L to 484848 to get connected to a therapist today. And now back to our amazing show. 
So we are back. And so now, Allie, we wanted to talk more about parenting, right? And what is it like having an eight-year-old deciding um, whether or not he's going to go back to school? What's that been like for you? Um, I made the decision pretty early on to do virtual only for him. Um, he was not back when we had in March when we, you know, the schools had to figure it out quickly. The academic schools had to figure it out. Um, he, he did struggle. And I think it was because it was mid school year and, um, he wasn't, you know, it was, it was just, everyone was doing their best to get, kind of get it together. Um, I do have a little bit more faith in in him going, you know, starting the school year off with virtually because I feel like as a parent, we can kind of plan our life a little bit better, How what, what the schedule around virtual learning is and how he's going to handle all of the academic stuff. I'll, I feel a little bit more prepared to do that. Um, I'm just in a place as a parent where uh, both with my job and the help that I have, um, I'm able to work from home some or navigate stuff where I can uh, keep him home to do the virtual learning. Um, so I just felt like that was the that was the better decision uh, for us. I think before the break, we kind of mentioned like pods or something. Do you have like any other families that you guys are close to that he's able to kind of play with friends and kind of still have that socialization piece? Um, yeah, we will definitely incorporate that for those that we know that are are safe and doing stuff. We'll definitely do that and may um, put him in one of the pods at the studio too. Um, and I think too, uh, you know, we were. Uh, I feel safe with that simply because I think, um, you know, he goes to a public school and it's a wonderful school and it's a lovely community, but, you know, they're getting, the principal's getting, you know, her information from the chancellor and the chancellor's trying to follow. And it's all just kind of, you know, and they have to deal with a lot of students and a lot of schools and, you know, different schools with different resources. So it's a hard job and I certainly don't envy them. And so that was part of the decision why we chose to do that, just because just to have that control, you know, over you know, over what was happening. And for those students that don't have the option to stay home or the parents that must go to work, you know, that we have to, for us who are able to do that, I just felt for me personally, it was, you know, one seat that, you know, one less body in the, in the space right. um, to make room for those that, that do have to go. And so, you know, respectful of everyone's decisions that they have to make as a parent for that, you know, and then, yeah, I'll probably send him to my studio, to the dance studio, simply because our environment and what we have to control is a lot smaller than a school. Mm -hmm. You know, we have, yeah, we have, um, you know, we're, we're making the decisions. We know who our groups are. We know the protocols. We're there with them at every step of the way, both the administration and the teachers, um, the dance teachers, to make sure that everything is being followed and they're not with us, you know, dancing eight or nine hours a day. So there's, we have a little bit more control over our environment um, and making sure that it's done safely. And I know that's not always the case for every public school in Manhattan because you have, like I said, you know, they have to deal with so many different elements that we just don't have to deal with just as a private dance school, you know, that's a lot smaller than, than public schools. Right. I mean, I, it's, I do appreciate you pointing out the difference of like just the number, the sheer number of students that you have to deal with. I mean, New York city public schools educate over a million kids a year. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a a beast in itself. Mm -hmm. Also that you highlighted if you are a New York city parent and you have the resources and the opportunity to be able to keep your kid at home for virtual learning, even though it may, it is no matter what, it's not ideal, right? If the Mm -hmm. kid's going to go, there is no ideal, there's no ideal choice in this. 
So, but there is that parent who does have to leave the home to go to work. And that is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And then in that you're giving up, you're allowing that student to go to the classroom. So um, I appreciate that, that, I mean, I don't have kids, but I do, I do know that, um, that this is a struggle and I've been in, I know I worked in the schools for a long time. So I have a sense of how difficult this really is on behalf of parents and um, making these decisions and understanding, you know, also wanting a break. I mean, some, at some point, everybody wants just a break from each other, (laughs) but like, if you don't, if you can't have it, then you you can't have it, and we're gonna figure it out. And it sounds like your son is going to camp. He's gonna be in the pod. That's like camp. <laughs> yeah, he'll probably he'll probably we haven't done it yet, but yeah, it'll be you know we may do it a couple days a week. Um, you know, again, the pods are kind of a a thing that you know some some families I've heard of um, in the city are just kind of it's essentially just groups getting together, but we're just trying to do one that's a little bit more. Um, structure kind of like camp that's just a different you know space but a lot of families are getting together maybe at their own homes or different you know I don't even know where they're getting together but just small groups where the kids can either do their remote learning or do something together just to be able to get um you know change of scenery change of environment a little bit of you know wave high you know that sort of stuff so but you know I know too like my daughter's daycare is open um and they're doing a great job. I've heard. I'm not going to send her back quite yet, simply because I don't have to. But one of the parents was saying, like, I, I, you know, she has a few kids, and they're all quite young. And she's like, I had to send my kids back. My mental stability, you know, I needed, right. I needed to do that. And that's another thing too. I mean, there's somewhere, you know, mentally, you, it's, you got to do what you got to do, you know. And everyone's kind of in a different, um, different place with that. Yeah, I think that's really also very important to point out that there are that we've all gone into this pandemic from a different emotion in a different emotional state. Like yeah. everybody's emotional state is different and if you are a parent with three kids five and under, like you need a break mm-hmm. <laughs> for <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> and if you can drop your kids off at daycare for the day and just like have a mental health day, it's just going to make you a better parent. That at the end of the day is definitely something I hope all parents are thinking about and really being, I said this on a, to a friend of mine with children at the very beginning of the pandemic, I was like, the one thing you ought, I, everybody has to do most specifically parents is just be very gentle, gentle with yourself on your decisions and what's happening. Cause this is such a, you aren't supposed to be a parent and a teacher and a professional all in the same minute of the day. <laughs> exactly. And I, you know, and, and what I've learned, through all of this as a parent um, as a, and as a person is just grace, um, grace mm-hmm. given to, to ourselves and to other parents and non-parents, you know, everyone is in a different, um, in a different place with all of this. And, and there just can't be any judgment because, you know, being at home and cooped up for many, if you're not, depending on what your mental and emotional state is. And, you know, I, to me, I consider myself to be a pretty solid human day to day, like, you know, function pretty well. I mean, I've had days in this, um, in this cute little pandemic and quarantine with my kids and work full time that I'm like, I'm an awful mother. And I just need to like, I don't even know what I'm doing. And you know, like, not really cute, cute moments. You know, I think just understanding whatever decision someone has to make, you know, they have to make that decision because, you know, everyone has different uh, resources 
financial situations, emotional, mental, even just house setup. They may may or may not be living with someone who is compromised, you know. So I think just making whatever decision is the better one for the family. I think this is a question that we haven't asked. Do you partake in any of the classes? Because I can tell, I mean, I, I would think that it would be really good for your mental and emotional health as well. So do you take any dance classes? I do. I've been doing them online. Yep. Okay, nice. <laughs> yeah, I've actually, we've actually been out of town. Um, we don't have our adult classes going. Those are all live streamed. Um, so mm-hmm. we've done, we're doing them all online. Um, but yeah, I've absolutely been taking classes, dance classes. I've actually uh, been getting outside to do a little bit more running and walking and really just especially during summertime, enjoying and, and um, savoring the outdoors a lot as much as I can. So yeah, for sure. Like that's been the one thing that, and I've realized for myself too, the physical component every single day of doing something, of moving your body in some way is vital. Like that is what has been, has got me through. There's not been one day that's gone by that I haven't done something like that for myself. Pri- did you transition from dance teaching instruct teacher 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 it's it's teaching um from dance teacher to the administrative role at broad at broadway dance were you a teacher there at some point i uh i taught in the youth program a couple classes when i first started um but i really kind of went right to the administration um i uh taught for years prior to that not at bdc different age groups but i really found a connection in the administrative role because I love creating programs and different things for youth and finding different ways to do that. Um, So that to me was kind of more of my calling in the arts with that. Um, But I grew up as a dancer, um, did teach and all that. I just really enjoyed kind of more of the behind the scenes and working with families and guiding and mentoring and doing that sort of stuff, um, more so than being in the classroom teaching. So what is your, can you give us a little overview of your life as a dancer? Like when did you start dancing? Sure. I started like five or six years old, I guess. Um, and I grew up in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, so, you know, not a huge arts dance hub, if you will. <laughs> but <laughs> it was, I, the first time, as soon as you said, it, I was like, dance hub. Yes. No. Yeah. <laughs> right. The thriving metropolis that is Jackson, Mississippi. But no, I had some great, um, you know, jazz, ballet, tap, um, hip hop obviously wasn't in the studios um, because, you know, it was a long time ago. Um, so that sort of stuff I did. And then I grew up and I wanted to dance and I wanted to move to New York City. I always knew that I wanted to. I got accepted to the dance program at Marymount Manhattan College. Uh, when I got there, I realized that's not what I wanted to do. I didn't, I did want to dance, but I just didn't want to go for it for school. So I ended up doing communications. I brought a dancer. I had actually been a part of my life as a, as a younger teen too. I would go and take classes during the summer. Um, so I already had some teachers and kind of knew my way around and I loved it. Um, so I started doing a, a work study there, which is where you um, kind of work behind the desk for discounted classes. So I did that for a couple years and then built connections and relationships and ended up getting a job in the um, in the youth program pretty early on and have just loved it and been there ever since. I ended up, I did end up getting my master's at NYU in um, media, culture and communication. I thought, you know, back when I was younger and starting to work at Broadway Dance Center, I thought, oh, I'll do this for a little bit. Then I'll go on and do something else. But being with the kids and being around the arts and in that way, I, you know, I haven't left and I still love it. 
Did you have dance in your uh, school system? I know I already know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> there actually what? was some oh. dance. Not a whole lot. I didn't participate in it, though. It was more like dance team type stuff. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. And like cheerleading, that just wasn't me. No, I didn't participate in it. But we didn't have a whole lot of uh, dance programming at my school growing up. So your program, if we think about it, I mean, you were able to come here to New York in the summer. I mean, you've been at Broadway Dance forever, girl. That's amazing. <laughs> um, but it also like it allowed you to have this connection to the arts. And as a culture as a whole, we don't have enough or emphasize the arts enough. So um, you're providing for the school system, really. I mean, an outlet for yeah, students to actually, yeah, amazing. What kind of, here's a, here's just a, just a fun question. What kind of funding would you like to see come out of this for arts and school systems and programs? I mean, I know what I would like to see. So, cause I think, I mean, I've watched kids not be able to move enough in school and not be able to go out. And um, when I was working in the schools as a mental health professional and people were like, this one has to do this, this, we're going to take away recess. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. You're going to give another movement class or another recess mm -hmm. because one of the one of the biggest issues is that they can't contain themselves. Like, let them go yeah. run their yayas out and, like, come back. He's got, he or she is going to be in a much better mood. But also just, like, as a culture, what would you like to see the trend moving forward, especially yeah. with all these budget cuts? Like, what what would you like to see? <laughs> In an ideal world with all the money going to the public schools, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I to me, the arts movement is so important. I think not only for the physical aspect for kids who probably, again, if there's, you know, students, depending on what their family's work schedule is, or if they don't have the ability to, to you know, pay for after school programs, they're going home. I mean, they're going to school and they're sitting and maybe having some recess and then they're going home and they're sitting. You know, so definitely movement uh, and, and physically it's very important. But more so than that, I think confidence wise, I think there's so many kids who may have an interest in the arts or find out who they are, find a level of confidence in it. And they don't even know and they're not going to know unless they have that opportunity. And so if they're inspired or they see something or they find confidence within themselves by doing dance or some sort of art form, art form then that translates over into what they're doing in the classroom too. I think um, if they're if they're building confidence and building relationships, then they have additional tools that they can take to other parts of their life. So I think just the physical part plus the emotional part of it too um, is so important. Yeah, the expression. There's yeah. so much expression. Like if you mm -hmm. if you can't put it into words, you can physically express it or Maybe it's painting, maybe it's sculpting, mm -hmm. maybe it's music. What you yeah, I, I think I think about the sense of accomplishment that they that they yeah. get from the arts and just like they learn empathy, I think, for others, right? Like maybe tolerance. It definitely helps with decision-making skills and reasoning and memory. So it has all of these benefits and it's been studied. So it, you just wonder why sometimes, why are we taking the funding away when it helps in so many ways? Yeah. And I, you know, and, and just uh, piggybacking off of that, you know, um, 
I think too, with, you know, and I'm just speaking generally about public schools. Um, you know, if you're, if you're fortunate enough to go to a school that is either a smaller public school, um, or, you know, maybe even a private school that does have the ability to teach differently. But I think a lot of public schools, um, in Manhattan and in our country, you know, it's kind of just geared towards one way of learning. You know, I have, um, friends who have, uh, kids with different, different, learning needs that they need to have in the way and they you know and that's been a conversation amongst us just as parents is that it's so just set on one way of learning and and that we know that that's not true everyone learns and absorbs in so many different ways so if you don't have those outlets within the school to allow a student to figure out how they learn and how they um, kind of process the world around them then you know it's it's they're not going to have the tools and they're not going to have the um, they might not ever get the opportunity to kind of figure out that side of them. Yeah, it also yeah. alleviates anxiety and depression, mm-hmm. right? It helps with social skills. So I, yeah, I really hope that we can start to see the mental and emotional benefits of the arts in a different way. Um, I do have one more question. I want to know what when your son was dancing, what he what his favorite dance is, dancing was. <laughs> he liked hip hop. Yep. <laughs> okay. He did. Yeah. He did. We had, um, yep. He loved it. Um, he was not too bad at the ballet. Gotta, gotta say he's got, you know, he's got a nice little flexibility about him, but you know, he wanted to do other things, but he I mean, nudge him, nudge him back. Yeah. Um, that was just a side question because it had been on my mind, but I was also thinking when it comes to the arts and most specific with all of them, there's also a discipline that you learn early on that mm-hmm. is that, well, really helps with the other learn other types of learning, right? Like with the studying, with the note taking, with the things that might not be as engaging to work with your body in that way. And then like, it's all, uh, it's, you guys can't see me. I'm like rubbing my fingers together. <laughs> there's like, there's like, it's te- like, you want to like textile, even like, there's like touch, there's a movement. It's like organic that like yeah. that, particular thing to be able to bring to other types of learning is so important. And I know like, for me, I'm an experiential learner personally, and I have to like experience things and get into them and like be in the moment and learning them as they come. And then like, I would get really bored in school reading and like being lectured at. It was really, it was definitely not easy for me. Um, And you see kids just like zone if they don't have the break and they just, and I, I know I'm not using the right word, but this is what the term that I have coined. It's like flat learning. Like you sit Mm -hmm. and you look and you Mm -hmm. write stuff down and you're done. So yes, I agree with both of you that I hope that um, all the people that are going to ask us what they should do with the money that they, (laughs) (laughs) they're going to hear the podcast and they're going to be like, what should we do with the money? And we're going to say, well, you should do this and make sure that these things are incorporated back into curriculums because they are so um, important. They are important. Well, I guess before we wrap up, um, Ali, I would love for you to tell listeners how they can find you. Great. Um, you can find us at www.broadwaydancecenter.com. Awesome. That is us. We also is have you. an Instagram, which is at BDCNYC. Okay. okay. I'm going to follow you because I've been following the dancers on Instagram. And pre- <laughs> pretending, <laughs> pretending mm-hmm. that I am a ballerina. 
We should get into some classes. We've got some. We have classes. I mean, we're not I just, just a I mean, we're a professional studio, but we have classes for kids and adults that who just enjoy dance recreationally too. So. Well, I have to say as an adult who might be, uh, who may be a little embarrassed <laughs> that, that it it's very appealing to me to be able to uh, put you guys on Zoom while I pretend I have a ballet bar in my kitchen. I might. I just, I, I might have a little project for this afternoon. Okay. I love it. Um, okay. So this is where we just totally flip the album over. <laughs> so, and I say that because Anisha and I had been having a side conversation. My brother, this is a little shout out to my brother, wants us to, at this stage of the podcast, we're on the B-sides. <laughs> So besides everything we've already learned from, about you today, <laughs> and I thought it was very clever. Um, we have a few more questions that have nothing to do with what we talked about. Nothing. Right. And Anisha's going to ask you now. Okay, Ali. How have you been brave today? How have I been brave? I have been brave um, because I, I got up and I faced the day. I don't know. I've been working on... Every single morning yes. when my daughter <laughs> wakes me up at five in the morning, I feel super brave getting out of bed and dealing with her. Um, so yeah, I, I, I felt brave as a mom every day when I get up and just choose to um, start it off with a grateful heart. Wow. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. That's amazing. Diana always has feelings around this question um, as a former waitress, but <laughs> Have you ever dined and dashed before? What does that does that mean not pay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. Another one from us. Allie, I love that you were like, wait, hold on. Do you mean have I never paid? <laughs> oh. <sighs> No, I would never. I would. I would have too much guilt. I would leave, and then I'd have to come back like later and just like, I'm so sorry, like with my tail between my legs. No, absolutely not. And do you know how many wait staff have come through the doors of Broadway Dance? <laughs> I mean, there's not a chance she would know whoever was waiting on her. There is no way that she walked away in Manhattan. That's right. Oh, Allie, thank you so much for being with us today. This was great fun. Thank you. I am going to go check out Broadway dance this afternoon and see what's available for me. I but in the mean, well. in the meantime, Anisha, you ready to close it out? Cause yeah. we, are st we are still living in a pandemic, ladies and gentlemen. So, so stay safe, stay safe, wash your wash hands, your hand. wear the mask. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week. Thank you guys. Thank Bye. you. Thank you for listening to the be real podcast. Stay connected to us and subscribe to Be Real wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are feeling it, how about a five-star review? If our conversation sparked a question, join us in the Be Real podcast Facebook group. We hope that you have walked away with some new insights, curiosities, and ideas to better help you on your journey to mental wellness and overall well-being. I encourage you to go to BeWellPsychotherapy.com and check out our services and programs. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com. Okay, we have to stop here, but I'll see you next week.